Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. A recent Harris poll commissioned by National 4-H Council and Microsoft found that 21% of teens don't have internet access at home, but instead rely on schools, libraries, and other public places to get access. Teens without reliable access to broadband said they felt less confident in their skills and in their long-term social and economic prospects. Over half said they've struggled to complete their homework because of slow internet connections, and this was all before COVID-19 struck. In this episode of Cause Talk Radio, I talked to Artist Stevens, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for the National 4-H Council, and Kate Benkin, Vice President and Lead of Microsoft Philanthropies, about their incredible partnership that is helping young people around the country get plugged in and well-connected. We discuss the issues of connectivity in rural America, as well as the incredible programs this partnership has put into place to help not only bridge the gap, but also empower youth to leverage technology to support their own communities during this time of COVID. Artist and Kate, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hello, Megan. Pleasure to be here. Hi, Megan. Great to be here. I'm very excited to talk about this partnership. This is a very different kind of partnership. But first, Artist, would you just start us off by sharing who you are and what you do at the National 4-H Council? Yeah, well, thanks, Megan, again, for having us here. And, you know, I see all of our marketing communication uh, helping us to tell our story at 4-H. Uh, we are a legacy brand over 100 years old, uh, but that's not really the, the idea of what 4-H is about. That's our history and our foundation, but we're really about the future and about young people's uh, today and tomorrow and empowering them to change their lives, but most importantly, to leverage that to change the lives in their communities and in the world. Fantastic. That is a great little intro. Uh, Kate, how about you? Who are you and what is your role at Microsoft? So Megan, I lead Microsoft Philanthropies and we try and bring the mission of Microsoft to life by focusing on empowering nonprofits and communities to realize the potential of technology. And we do that in, in three main ways. We focus on digital inclusion initiatives. We work with nonprofits to help them leverage technology to scale the work they do and reach more of the beneficiaries that they're trying to serve. And we also focus on local social and economic engagement in communities around the world. Let's talk a little bit about providing some context about the challenges of access to technology in rural communities, because I think this is sort of where this partnership started. And I don't know that everybody who does not live in a rural community has any sense of what these issues are. So, artists, maybe you can give us a little bit of a quick overview about that issue of accessibility in the rural communities. Yeah, absolutely. And and to understand a lot about the issue, really is understanding about our belief. You know, know, we create opportunity for all young people, no matter their circumstances, whether those circumstances is their race, their income, uh, where they live, uh, who they are. And unfortunately, millions of kids in this country face widening opportunity gaps. And in many cases, it comes down to 
your zip code, where they live, the, the line that, uh, that uh, disconnects so many uh, communities and so many young people just because of geography. And no other place that you see this more often than it comes sometimes to the digital divide. You know, and there are several challenges that, you know, accessing technology that young people face, especially in rural communities, but also in under-resourced urban areas as well, where 4 uh, has a lot of cut, touch connection um, and reach all young people. And when you think about what are some of those uh, pressing issues, the first one is access, right? Physically being able to connect to high-speed broadband internet. Uh, there are many places in rural America where you can't even purchase high-speed internet, even if you want wanted to, or if you can, you can't afford it. Uh, the second barrier is education, and that is having access, but not the knowledge or the know-how to be able to use it effectively. And what we know is that these factors have created a sense of, and a significant digital divide, one which is the biggest contributor to the opportunity gap facing young people today. So you know, 4-H and Microsoft, we commissioned a survey of young people, and it was conducted by the Harris Poll. And here's what we found out. 81% of teens reported needing broadband to complete their schoolwork. However, 43% of teens responded struggling getting access that they need. And having those with, and those who have reliable access, a third of them felt pessimistic about their future economic prospects. And this was especially true for young people who are in rural communities that sometimes don't have the connection. Sometimes, when I talk about connection, I'm not just talking about connections to high-speed internet, but what that brings, social connection, belonging, uh, the sense uh, and connectivity to the outside world and to opportunities and to access uh, to education and learning. Uh, What we also know is that 55 million school kids in the country just with COVID-19 has been impacted. And it hit all across this country, but we know that 12 million uh, young people don't have broadband internet access, and that's primarily in rural communities. So we see this when it comes to the difficulty in accessing technology. We see it when it comes to the magnification of having lack of social connection, lack of educational opportunities, and that permeates itself in health, education, and economics. So part of our goal in 4-H is working with partners that can help us to amplify the impact, the access to young people in these communities, particularly when it comes to reach and reach for connectivity. And that's why working in partnering with a company like Microsoft is so important, uh, who's been an incredible partner with 4-H over the last few years. Well, let's talk a little bit about that partnership. Even before COVID, Microsoft had a partner with 4-H called 4-H Tech Changemakers. So can you tell us generally what that program was pre-COVID and how that partnership started maybe? We kicked that partnership off in uh, July of 2017. And Tech Changemakers, it's a partnership to uh, equip young people with the digital skills and the resources that they need to make a positive impact in their communities. And so the 4-H Tech Changemakers are working with educators and community members to identify challenges that their communities face and to implement plans to address those challenges using digital skills. And so uh, the partnership's grown into a cohort of teens in uh, between 80 to 90 communities across the US. And they're really an incredible, incredible group. I mean, these, these teens are amazing young people that are using their skills as digital natives to create real change in their communities. In some ways, it's it's kind of like a reverse mentorship. Do you have any examples of a project that a tech changemaker group may have tackled, just to give us a sense of 
the types of things? Yeah, there's been some um, there's been some amazing projects that uh, the tech change makers have focused on, and. We, particularly during COVID, um, we had the opportunity to work with this group and, and, uh, sort of galvanize this community to focus on COVID response efforts that were really important mm. in their communities. So, you know, for example, uh, in Michigan, um, the tech change makers worked on a, a mask project where they made and donated more than 5,000 masks. Um, wow. we've had, tech change makers focused on um, providing tech support to local businesses that have you know suddenly had to move online uh, we've had tech change makers focused on uh, helping family members uh, connect virtually for their relatives that may be in hospital and they weren't able to visit them in person um, and you know other examples like we've had uh, in, in Quincy Washington we've had tech change makers uh, Help with online shopping training for Hispanic audiences that are very at you know very high risk of COVID and so are unable to get to the supermarket in person. What an empowering way to help kids get involved in the COVID response because I think you know most of us feel overwhelmed and like you know we want to do something, but I think it's great that you've got these kids that are leading community efforts, especially during this crazy, crazy time. It's it's incredible. I mean, it's 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 really inspiring, and it shows it shows the power of what young people can do in their own communities. So, artists, when COVID hit, would you give us a sense of how your partnership with Microsoft had to change and adapt? Kate has just given us some examples about how tech change makers has has changed, but just generally, what did you do? What did you just call up Kate and be like, I, "What what happens now? I don't I don't know." Like, what did you guys? How did how did this all come about? And what did you do when when this all happened? Yeah, well. I'll tell you this, Megan, it's great having partners like Microsoft. And I have no doubt that I can pick up the phone and, and call Kate, like you just mentioned. <laughs> what do we do? Any yeah, hey, what, do, what do we do? <laughs> um, it, it, it's interesting, right? Because when, when COVID hit, all of us were disrupted, right? The entire world exactly. has been disrupted. You find that personally, professionally, we've all sort of encountered it uh, in different ways. You know, just if I can just digress just a bit, uh, I was thinking as Kate was talking just about uh, my daughters, right? And going back to school this week and going back to school this week, they're, you know, they're remote and like so many other kids across this country, but they're using Microsoft Teams, right? <laughs> with, with their friend. And it, it's that type of connectivity that, you know, companies like Microsoft and, and partnerships like Microsoft allow us to do. And it was thinking about that level of innovation of how we bring to light the, the resources that we know that we need it. So, for example, we knew what was happening with 4-H's across the country, 4-H uh, local professionals across the country. Operations were shutting down. Needed uh, Families needed educational resources, caring adult mentors, but perhaps most of all, just a sense of community and what that meant in terms of being able to connect with other young people, connect with mentors, uh, people that they depend on each and every day. Uh, and when you're responding to a global health crisis, there are two critical ways to support communities and youth hit artists by this pandemic effect. Microsoft was able to help us to sort of join lockstep to these two critical ways that were really important for us. One was around additional support in terms of the investment uh, in 4-H. And then the other was around the idea about technology and how technology could be used for a tool for change and a tool for good. So for, on the first one, it was really around us establishing a, a response fund 
to support local professionals on the ground for the resources, educational resources, tools that they needed. And that takes funding and that takes support. So we established something called the Forward Fund. And it was our way of being able to raise direct relief funds to support what we call education first responders who are able, who are on the ground helping young people and particularly young people uh, that a lot of communities couldn't reach. And, and I go back to rural. So how do we uh, really think about this with Microsoft at the table? They sprung into action. Uh, they helped us to raise more than $40,000 through an employee giving campaign. You see that a lot with, with companies really thinking about how they can use all of their apparatus to help charities, to help causes. But Microsoft was really able to help us to think through uh, how we could support our local professionals through, through this employee giving campaign that they drove $40,000 uh, to support online and offline skill building activities and learning opportunities. Uh, we were really uh, delighted that Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, uh, helped to grow the Ford Fund's visibility as part of the series that he was doing with Trevor Noah. Uh, and he brought our CEO, Jennifer Sarangelo, together with Trevor Noah uh, and himself to discuss the digital divide and the critical needs to reach young people to access online and offline efforts. Uh, and all of this has led to us raising money for the Ford Fund and to inequities all across the country where we've raised more than $5 million to tackle inequities for young people that what young people are facing. Mm. This is no small part to partners like Microsoft, who's helped to raise the money, who's helped to increase visibility for our efforts. And then the second part of that mention was really about the unique ability of this relationship to deliver programming outside of four walls. This is really about 24-7 distance learning platforms. So we launched uh, a learning platform called 4-H at Home. And the whole idea of this was being able to create a virtual stage where young people Families, communities could access 4-H and the experience of 4-H without having to do it in real life or in uh, right there face-to-face, but to do it through a virtual platform. Uh, Microsoft has not only helped us with the technology behind it, but also the content uh, we're thinking about and we're producing online games through their gamification uh, efforts. So it's a great way of teaching kids, uh, both in terms of the experience and the ability to engage but also creating this platform where they can interact and do things with one another. But we wouldn't have been able to do that or to launch it to the reach that it needed if we didn't have the expertise of Microsoft, who was really behind us thinking about how do you do this effectively and how do you do it in a world where it not only has to reach and create access, but it has to be engaging that young people and families want to do it and want to come back and experience it more uh, to truly make it compelling for their learning. I just love that example, Artis. And I just, I think it's fantastic that a partnership like the one that you have with Microsoft really can bring some of those ideas to life. And I think that's something that's overlooked sometimes in corporate partnerships with nonprofits. It's just, you know, what are those assets that each of you bring to the table and how do you mobilize those in a way that's that's helpful to everyone in creating an impact? So thank you for sharing that example. So Kate, from your perspective, what would you say has been the most impactful pivot that Microsoft and 4-H has been able to make during this time? Because Artists just rattled rattled off like five other things that you guys were doing. (laughs) Um, So clearly you've been a little busy, but what would you say from your perspective has made the biggest impact? Well, firstly, I would just say just to to build on that last point that was made. I mean, we could not do the work that we do without incredible partners like 4-H. 
you know, who have such strong, such such a strong community and enable us to really um, absolutely do the work that we do. I don't know if there's there's any one thing. I mean, I think the um, realizing the power of the tech change makers community and kind of galvanizing that community to focus on uh, COVID response efforts. Uh, I think that was. Uh, I think that was really helpful for you know for, for communities. I also think um, artists mentioned that the, you know we were able to raise um, more than forty thousand dollars for the National 4-H Forward Fund, and we we're able to do that just because we have such uh, an amazing employee base of energized employees who uh, you know who wanted wanted to help. Um, so that was great to be able to give visibility to that that fund. Um, and I also think just given this this environment that we're in with COVID and, you know, working from home and schools are closed and, you know, everything has to move remotely, 4-H has been so focused on developing resources for 4-H at home. And one of the things we were able to do there, we developed um, two customised Microsoft arcade games for uh, 4-H's virtual education platform, which was pretty cool. So um, we ha- had the, our Make Code team created two games, um, and in both cases, students can build and edit games using um, coding. Um, so oh, wow. it's really cool. Like one of the games is called Collect the Clovers and um, students use code to develop a kind of a garden game where players have to collect clovers and avoid the bees. And students have a lot of agency to customise the game and build it in a way that reflects their own, their own interests. Um, but the key is that they're coding while they're, while they're building the game. Wow. I mean, every time I ask another question, you guys have some other little aspect of this program. It's incredible. It's a lot happening, Megan. (laughs) You you are telling me. So, artists, you kind of referenced this earlier with your own kids, but now that schools are attempting to go back around the country, you know, some in person and some not, what are the unique considerations that rural communities have since a lot of these classrooms are virtual? We talked a little bit about the accessibility issue like how are I mean I think it's hard enough for people that have high speed internet that you know maybe you've got a parent or two that are trying to work and like homeschool supervise their children online learn like that's hard enough but how do you even start to bridge that gap in rural communities where they don't have high speed internet or don't have access to that like what are those things that we're not even seeing yeah well well you just hit on uh, a couple of those and and this important to, to understand some of the unique challenges and some of the unique differences uh, in a rural community. It is a lack of access to hotspots, right? One of the things that we've been working on uh, with Microsoft and others even more is how do you create more hotspots mm. uh, rural communities, you know, whether that's, you know, uh, buses and, and vans where you can create spots, to create connections in the, these areas where you know, there's not this place or you know, things that we sometimes, when you're even an urban or suburban community, you may take for granted when you yeah. right past a store or go into a, a place and, and get a, a public Wi-Fi. That's not available in a lot of these communities. And uh, these young people don't have access to the connection. The second piece is the learning enrichment. Uh, and that's critically important because what happens in a school day is su- supplemented about the what you call 24 learning, right? We're always constantly learning. Young people are constantly uh, learning. And not all of it's rote schoolwork. Some of it's just the enrichment of learning, which you find a lot in after-school programs, uh, those types of connections. Uh, and when you're in a community that's dispersed, you don't always have that ability to be able to get that enrichment-style learning 
you couple that in with social connection needs, right? So when you look at rural communities, particularly when you think about uh, population density, where the next person close to you may be miles away or, you know, not having that immediate connection, even when you walk outside. And of course, still having safety uh, standards, but you don't see people. You don't have those connections. So how do you ensure that that intentionality is still a place where young people are having connection? And then you look at some of the wraparound services. Uh, and that is something that, that oftentimes we, we don't talk about a lot is that youth development is not just youth development in terms of providing direct services to young people. A lot of times the services that are provided to youth also have wraparound services that are provided to parents that are provided for health needs, right? A lot of kids get their meals through after school programs. And, and supplemental meals before they may get home, or sometimes in in some cases, uh, the only meal uh, that they may get come uh, coming home or leaving school, uh, they get through these types of resources. So it's understanding all of those things are critical aspects of the way that uh, youth development programs uh, deliver, and we have to be able to respond effectively, whether that is thinking about how we do bun- more bundled services, that's what 4-H is working on right now, ways that we think think about prepping uh, activity bags, activity kits, so that uh, for kids who don't have access to the internet, they're still able to get those types of experiences because it can come to their doorstep. So we've been working on a kit program that allows uh, young people to still have access to positive development and it's supported by our volunteers on the ground who's, uh, who's able to work more with parents, who are able to connect some of those wraparound services that you wouldn't ordinarily find in the community because of some of the things that have happened due to COVID. So I guess we're just going to have to have you back on Cause Talk Radio in like three more months. You can talk about all the other amazing things you're doing. I would love to. It would be my honor. <laughs> So, Kate, from a business perspective, I mean, Microsoft could choose to partner with all sorts of nonprofit organizations. Why is it important for Microsoft, just from a business perspective, to ensure that rural communities and especially youth have access to to technology as well as connectivity? As a company, um, you know, Microsoft plays a role in transforming society you know, through the development of new technologies. And so we feel very strongly that we have a responsibility to help bring everyone into the digital economy and you know we've we're very focused on how can we help everyone get the digital skills needed um, to participate in in the digital economy i mean technology is just transforming almost every industry and so both you know the students of today and also you know adults who are currently working need new skills um, uh, you know to for the future of work and I think, you know, the digital divide is a very real thing. And if you think about broadband, broadband is, is really the electricity of the 21st century. And more than 18 million Americans and 12 million of those um, people are living in rural areas don't have access to broadband. And so those without access to the online world really risk falling further behind. And so we've been working um, for a number of years uh, to close that US broadband gap with our airband initiative. And in philanthropies, we, um, you know, we focus on uh, underserved communities. And so, you know, we just feel that everyone, every, every person around the world um, should have the opportunity to access the digital skills that are important today. 
and as artists just said as well, I think um, COVID in some ways uh, shone a light on this even more. You know, the pandemic made it clear that we also need immediate solutions to ensure that people have access to broadband now. And so, you know, we've been working with partners in the public and private sectors to help connect people quickly during the pandemic, as artists were saying, um, you know, deploying hundreds of free public Wi-Fi hotspots, for example, um, across the country to help ensure that communities are immediately connected. And so, you know, for example, students can continue um, their education remotely. Fantastic. Well, Artis and Kate, thank you so, so much for sharing just a little snippet of this incredibly deep partnership with our listeners today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Megan. It's been a pleasure. Hey, artists, if people would like to learn more about uh, the National 4-H Council online, how would they do that? Absolutely. You can go to our website at 4-h.org to learn more about our work, learn more about Cooperative Extension, who delivers 4-H program, and learn more about the amazing young people, youth leaders who are changing their communities during COVID uh, and really setting the place for today and for tomorrow. Incredible. We'll put that in the show notes. And Kate, how about you? Where can people learn more about Microsoft Philanthropies Online if they'd like to do that? You can go to microsoft.com forward slash corporate responsibility. Incredible. Put that both, both of those links in the show notes. And thank you again so much to both of you for this fantastic conversation. We'll look forward to hearing more about your good works in the future. 